podcast. podcast. Do do Podcast. Two hoes. Two hoes. Four house on the hill. From Delco. Four house on the hill. Boop, oh, boop. yeah, that's a It's actually illegal to ask that now. Did you know that? Is it? Yeah. I thought you just couldn't ask if someone someone's age or if they were pregnant. Uh, that yeah, that's good. But no, I mean, how are you now? You're not allowed to ask anymore because of the emotional labor it takes to say I'm fine, I'm good. How are you? Well, people have gotten real low, huh? Sad. Yeah, sad. it really is sad. Um, anyway, how are you? You fucking bitch. <laughs> You're going to get arrested. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're going to get arrested. Um, you get a man that says, how are you on it? Um. Anyway, I'm fine. Uh, you mm. know, I mean, what? Like, yeah, I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. You're on speakerphone, by the way. You're on speakerphone. Um, well, it makes no sense for you to have me on speakerphone. Really? Sure it does, because I'm lazy and my neck gets too tired holding the phone. But actually, you're not in, in, on speakerphone. I was just, like, insulting you back. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not I'm not meant to – I'm not trying to insult you by having you on speakerphone. Well, it's insulting. Now you are on speakerphone. Um, I guess it is offensive, putting someone on speakerphone. Supposed to be private conversation, Beth. A B conversation. See your way the fuck out of it. Mm, Gus is here. Oh, see your see see your way the fuck out of it, Gus. Just kidding. I love Gus. You're just saying that because you're on speakerphone. <laughs> um. See my point exactly. How am I supposed to control my speech and what comes out of my mouth, depending on who may or may not be in the room when I'm not there to see These it? These are mine. What? Gus is going after my mini graham crackers that are covered in chocolate. He's redirecting because he was upset with what I said. So he's redirecting his aggression on your graham crackers. Well, anyway, so how are you? Yes. Hi. What? How are you? I already said it once. You were right. You just said fine. I forget. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. yeah. You don't forget. You remember. That's why. See, well, that's the other thing. Like, does anyone ever, like, respond to anything but, you know, like, fine to that? I mean, it depends. I'm just so sick of people asking that nowadays. And then especially, like, uh -oh. we mm -hmm. just had a blizzard, yeah. too. You know, well, the, we just had a blizzard. And so like wherever I'm going, it's it's kind of difficult for me to get there. And then I get there yeah. and people are like, how are you? I'm like, oh, 
you know, oh, not yeah. only are we in a pandemic, but it's fucking yeah. snowing and it wasn't easy to get to this spot. And then you fucking asked me how I'm doing. Like, fuck you. Yeah. I'm not doing I mean, good. I, I actually agree with you. It, it, uh, yeah, it's like dark times. Uh, but yeah, no one. And then, but you have to say fine too, because if you like, don't say fine, then you have to have this whole fucking conversation with the person. Yeah. But you also kind of do have to say, how are you? And well, you know what I do? What you, you kind of went out there for a second. What'd you say? I said, I'm just supposed to be silent, but go ahead. What do you do? Oh, I intentionally do not ask them how they're doing. And an effort to let them know that I'm upset that they asked me how I'm doing and I don't feel like fucking answering. So I just don't answer. I don't ask them. So you're just like, fine. Yeah, just say I'm fine. And then, you know, go about my like business. Like, cause I don't really fucking care how they're doing. Mm. Well, it's not that I don't care how they're doing. It's that I like can see that they're alive and you know, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Some days that is enough. Your laugh sounded like really fake right then. I'm fine. <laughs> um, I'm drinking some tea too. What same? Same teas. Yeah. tea with honey. That's like the key to sobriety. Sobriety in the winter time is to drink tea all the time. True. It's that's actually very true. You know what I. I am actually, my day was made because I am running out of this tea that I love that I got for Christmas. And um, I was like, it's probably expensive because, you know, it came in a tin and it's like loose leaf tea and it's all fancy. And I was like, it's going to be expensive and I'm just going to get like another small thing of it. And I was like, but I'll just go on Amazon. Dude, I got like a pound of it for $25, which is really not bad for a pound of tea. It, wow. And it's the best. It's so fucking good. Um, what's the tea called? called reishi tangerine ginger and it's like not only tangerine and ginger but also hibiscus leaves rose hips it's like Ooh. red put honey in it it is so fucking good and it's not like too sweet because of the ginger it's got like a kick to it it is fucking banging since i have such a large amount i should just send you something now um when it gets yeah i well gus is really into loose teas right now actually oh this tea, like, you can't go wrong. There's not even caffeine you can drink it at night. It's whatever. Um, you could drink it. It would be probably really good as a cold tea in the summer. Oh, yeah, because that's my other thing. I'm not doing caffeine either. Yeah, and it's not gross. If you don't want to put sugar in it or any kind of sweetener, like, you don't have to. It's not, like, gross. I just think it tastes amazing with a lot of honey. Gus's favorite tea right now is called Harney and Sons. Okay. And uh, it's like a cinnamon. What is it? It smells like cinnamon. Hot cinnamon it's herbal tea. Hot cinnamon herbal oh. tea. It kind of like, um, yeah, it's kind of like a fireball tasting. Oh, kind of. that sounds really good. I I like spicy. It's a little too sweet for me. Tea. I like ginger. Well, the ginger, you actually kind of like, that kind of made me be like, I don't know if I'm going to like that because I don't really like ginger. But I oh guess God, it, so good. if it cuts the sweetness, I kind of get it. It, it, it. It's like, that's part of why I love it is it's like super well balanced, the flavors. And also there is a drink called ginger that I love, but it's like a little bit expensive. And it's like, 
got ginger, lemon, cayenne pepper, um, some kind of sweetener, and like some, there's like five things in it, and it's like all it, oh, and mint, and it it is so good because it's like you would think all those things together would be like oh too much, you know? It like all balances out, and it's so delicious. Mm-hmm. And there's a little kick from the cayenne pepper. Oh yeah, that does sound good. I know ginger uh, ginger dot com. I don't know if that's really their website. Uh, I like the way you said it though. So. Yeah, well, you know, we haven't had a fake commercial in a minute. I know, we really haven't done any fake commercials, um, but you could say that we just did a commercial for all these teas right now, and we would like to thank them for being our sponsor for today's um, podcast, which is about dreams. Yeah, so. Our topic today, our topic today is dreams. I uh you're oh you're listening to two hosts from Delco. My name's Beth Heinley. <clears throat> Marine, my is my best friend, and her name's Marine One Cummings. Word. One word best friend. And um we're from Delaware County and um we We're twenty six. We're twenty six. We're twenty six years old we're, and twenty six years old. What did what did you say? Did you say we're transfixed? No, I said we're twenty six. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're twenty six years old. Transfixed—that um, kind of sounds like insulting. But to be like transfixed by our age. Uh, I thought you meant like transfixed, like a dog, like if someone was transsexual, but then they got it fixed. I'm on back. Um, That's what my mind went. Okay, yeah, I don't even know <laughs> how to unpack that, but okay. Um, I know. But uh, you could find us on Twitter, and my Twitter handle is at Beth Heinley, B-E-T-H-H-E-I-N-L-Y, N as in no, and Marine's um, uh, Twitter handle is at Mocom, M-O-C-U-M-M, two, wait, no, just one M, fuck, I always mess that up. Because Maureen's name is Cummings with two M's, but for some reason on Twitter, her handle's just, she just has one M in it. So it's just one M99. She's really obsessed with this. Sad. What? What'd you say? So it's just sad how obsessed you are with it. Um, anyway, we, I don't know what episode we're on. Um, by the way, this is like, our podcast is like, Three years old, almost. Well, in July, it'll be three years old. And like, we... Sounds like our baby. Yeah. How and many months is that? How many 36 months? 36 months old. It'll be 36 months in, in the summer. 36 in months old. And we've only done... This is our 49th episode. <laughs> I'm really impressed with podcasts when they're like... We're doing our hundredth episode, and I swear they've only been on for like a year or something. I'm yeah, like, and it's wow! Like all about the same topic. You're like, how are you doing this? Um, what? They're all about the same topic. The podcast? yeah, like they'll have a show that's like about one topic as opposed to our variety show. I mean, I think no. I think podcast typic. A lot of podcasts do topics. We're not. That's correct. We're not alone in that. Um, I didn't say that we were. I mean, that was like kind of, I wanted to do a podcast and like, I was like, when I was, you know, thinking of us doing one, I was like, yeah, and then we'll do topics like a podcast because podcasts do like topics every episode. 
and that's what podcasts do. So, um, and podcasts also have sections of the podcast. And here's the thing: I'm really getting sick of the sections of the podcast. I really, I've been saying that since the beginning. Um, and I figured since we're getting to, um, we also said when we started this podcast that we were going to do a hundred episodes, and then and so we're almost halfway there. We're halfway there, almost halfway almost. there. Yeah, because we're oh, on a, okay. episode forty nine. Um, what did you say? I can't really hear you. I said living on a prayer. Oh, okay, yeah. Naturally. We're halfway there. Oh. I saw that on Twitter. We got a compliment on our fucking theme song because it's so good and well-produced. Yes. I mean, mm. i am been waiting for the compliment. It's only been like two and a half years before. People are shy. People are real shy about those feelings, you know, especially when it's like something that grabs you that way. Yeah. I really yeah. like our, our theme song too. Um, I like it a lot. I think it's great. Um, <clears throat> I think, I, I think I should learn to edit and then do a remix. Oh, you so should. So you don't get that in 10 years from now. Yeah. 10 years from now, there'll be a remix. Um, that okay, sounds good. What's um, it going to sound like too? 10 years from now? What's, what will music be like? What will music be like ten years from now? I don't know. It really exactly hasn't. It hasn't changed much much from like ten years ago. It'll be the same as it was in two thousand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we're anyway. I'm really sick of the topics, but I was like, once we get to episode fifty, how about we get rid of the sections of the podcast? What do you say? Oh, is that we? This was premeditated all along. That. No, it wasn't, but I'm just, like, thinking episode 50 is a milestone, so we're doing that. So it's, like... I hate the the sections. Well, it was, like, so the first 50... Now, we're, like, you know, sections, like, for instance, we'll, like, we're, like, halfway through, and then it'll be, like, part two, two hosts of Delco, two hosts from Delco, part two, will be the episode 50 to episode 100. And then we won't have to do sections of the podcast from episode 50 to 100. That'll be like one of the things Thank to, God. to separate it. But today's episode 49, unfortunately. And oh. so we have to do sections of the podcast. And then also this will, this is a very special last time we're ever going to do sections of the podcast. I mean, isn't that cool? No. Well, um, one of the sections of the podcast is that we ask that you join our Patreon. Um, Our Patreon is patreon.com forward slash two hosts from Delco. That's number two, um, H-O, number two, H-O-E, H-O-E-S-F-R-O-M-D-E-L-C-O, all lowercase, no space. And um, we do uh, a extra podcast episode every week that's exclusive just to our Patreoners. Um, we also have some merch available. We got some tote bags and some t-shirts, um, you know, uh, stickers. And yeah, so you get some what of that. Pens. 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 Pins, like for your backpack or jacket. Oh, yeah. Pins. Um, I like to call them buttons. We have buttons. Oh, buttons. Badges. 
Um, yeah, we got badges, embroidered badges. Um, oh, those kind of badges. Yeah, you could put them on badges. like patches. Those are patches. Oh, those are, I call them badges. Jesus. Oh, well, why do you fucking call? You know what? I what? don't like call the sun shoe, like because I feel like it best. The fuck. Um, I call the sun the sun star because that's what it is, and I call oh, badges man. badges because that's what they are. So I don't understand what the issue is here. It's not crazy that I call badges that. I just wish you would be more consistent with the rest of society. That's all. Oh my God. People, I'm not the only one who calls them badges. Like, yeah, well, Girl I Scouts. Mean, it's, the culture. it's the counterculture. Girl Scouts call them badges. So that's where I'm like, like sticking with the Girl Scouts here. On, Whatever, on- dork. Are Girl Scouts them. even a thing anymore? They all want to be Boy Scouts. They Girl Scouts are still a thing. I actually accidentally tweeted um, because all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, there's no Girl Scout cookies anywhere. Like, because um, it's Girl Scout cookie time. And I was like, oh, oh I... Were they like, yes, there are, bitch? What? Were they like, yes, there are, bitch? Yeah. So I posted like, oh, there's no Girl Scout cookies. And then all of a sudden all these Girl Scout moms like got on my my twitter i'm like there's girl scout cookies online you could buy them online you could buy them like and like i was like wow there's a girl scout cookie algorithm on twitter like um that's disturbing to me and if they have like an algorithm so that they know when anyone anywhere is tweeting about girl scout cookies they don't need my fucking money why do you say that because that's some that's sophisticated like, I don't want, like, Girl Scouts website, digital Girl Scout cookies, Girl Scout cookie people coming after me because the, they they saw Girl Scout in the algorithm and they're coming after yeah. me, hashtag. Like, I just want to, like, go to my local pharmacy and there be, like, yeah. a box of Girl Scout cookies there from one of the neighborhood girls or, like, have someone, like, from, like, my boyfriend's work who has a kid who's in the Girl Scouts be like, you want to buy some Girl Scout cookies for me? That's how I want to get Girl Scouts. Yeah, that's how I want to get it, okay? I thought, yeah, that's, like, the point. And I did do Girl Scouts too briefly. Oh, you um, did? Huh? You did Girl Scouts. Yeah, but I was in, like, eighth grade, and I did it because they were taking a trip to Busch Gardens, Williamsburg. And it was, like, girls that I was friends with already – so it was really fun and we didn't really do a lot of like, we like went, we went camping and stuff, but like our meetings were like us hanging out. Cause I get, they had all been Girl Scouts since they were little kids. So they like already did all the Girl Scout shit and like no one cared anymore. You, and you, our leaders were like, but I, like they just made sure we didn't get in trouble, you know? You didn't like, go camping? No, we did. We went camping yeah. and stuff and we did cook, sold cookies and all that shit. But like oh, we cool. didn't do badges and stuff. We were cool. We were too cool by then. We were like fourteen. No badges for us. Just Bush Gardens, Williamsburg. Um, did and then did somebody like push you into a bush? When you, <laughs> I sold all these cookies and raised all this money, and, and then, then they, they just pushed me into a bush. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "Ha ha!" You've been to Bush Gardens, Gardens, Williamsburg, bitch. <laughs> been to Bush Gardens now. Um, I think I literally did that to you before. I'm sure that we've done it to each other. Yeah. I feel for some reason, like there's, I don't have like a specific memory, but I'm getting like memories of your brother, Tom. Tom that. doing that to you? 
Like just Tom in general doing that. No, Tom never did Bush Gardens, Williamsburg. No. Really? No, I actually do remember doing it to you when we were walking home from school. I'm and sure you did. On Lansdowne Avenue. And I had this great trick where I would put my foot in front of you and push mm. you so you would trip over my foot. Because you were nice. You were a nice person. And, especially. And I remember doing it to you. I do. I've been like, have you ever been to Bush Gardens? I remember doing it. Williams? I mean, I've exchanged bush gardens with a lot of people Beth. it's not just you even though we're best friends what yeah it's not just you you know what no one's ever i I don't think anyone did bush gardens william williamsburg to me though well because you're a bully i am not a bully that the only time that it's okay gus told me to keep my voice down um the only time it's okay to um push people is when you're pushing them into a bush that's the only time that it's okay okay all right all right then i guess you're not a bully it's not a thing to do when you're a bully um and anyway and you said you said badges and also where did you guys go camping that sounds fun um oh my god sunset hills is that a camping place i feel like it was called that sunset hills Hmm. i feel like it was called sunset hills and i feel i don't know because i was a kid so i have no frame of reference i feel like in my mind in my mind it was like off the 202 but i honestly have no fucking idea where it is was it like car camping or were you guys out in the woods oh no it was like a bit yeah it was like you were out in the well you were out in the woods and there was it was really really cool because we went a number of times and it was like a boy scout and girl scout campground area Oh, that's nice. Not, I mean, this was in the mid-90s, early 90s. And um, they had different little campgrounds, and they all had, like, different setups. Like, there was, like, I remember it was called the Adirondack, and it was just, like, one big building, and it was, like, metal. So, like, when it would rain, it would be, like, like super loud on the metal. Mm-hmm. And, like, everyone would sleep in there in their sleeping bags. Or there was, like, other ones with, like, like, we there was, like, ones with, like, actual cabins but not the cabins like you had an outhouse like it was just like cabin shelter Mm -hmm. so like different various sizes of cabins on the campground or there would be there was one with like sort of tent little cabins that were just like nothing it was just like a wooden kind of tent Mm -hmm. um yeah anyway so it was cool it was a cool place to go camping what did you guys go camping no getting your badges no i was not in the girl scouts um because i'm not a loser like you? I thought you said you were in Girl Scouts. I thought you just said you called badges that because you were in Girl Scouts. No, I I call badges that because of the Girl Scouts, but not because I was Scouts. in mm. Girl Scouts. No, you know what? I actually wanted to be in the Girl Scouts because I wanted to go camping and my parents are not campers, you know? So, um, but then I made friends with a family down the street from me who liked to go camping. So I would go camping with them, which was like, uh, and we would go to the KOA campgrounds. Oh, those are cool. Yeah, they're pretty amateur, but like, um, I can still like car camping, you know, but I could still remember this one time when I was camping at a KOA campground and it was like something like dawn like 5 30 in the morning and I heard like a stampede going like you know a lot of like whatever and I looked out my tent and there was like a you know a whole like bunch of deer across the creek from us like running through and it was so pretty and yeah that was like I was like I love camping 
Um, I still camp today. I still camp. Yeah, you're a camper. Um, but yeah, anyway, you should join our Patreon uh, for $5 a month and you get like exclusive um, episodes from us. And also just should, just so you know, um, it's $5 a month and, or you could do a dollar and we also don't really have a Patreon. That's just the Patreon section of the podcast. We don't actually have one. So we're not doing any more things. You and your lies. Uh, the other part of the podcast, which actually has been really dying down anyway, is the apology section because we want people to like write in and ask us to apologize for things and no one ever does. So we're like, you guys have an awesome theme song. We love you. Yeah. It's just all praise. Um, so, you know, I guess we have nothing to really be sorry for. And then we have the racist confession part of the podcast. And my racist confession, the very last one of the podcast will be, so you know how I'm always spelling out my name? Yeah. Well, the reason why I clarify the N in my name is because most of the time when I'm talking to someone on the phone or I'm somewhere where I have to spell my name, because of my accent, they when I say N, they think I'm saying M, like the letter. Yeah. Right. And it happens, like, I feel like it's my accent, like NM sounds like the same or something. And so I always clarify N as a no, right? Um, so that they know that I mean N, right? But then in under my head, I'm in, I mean, under my head, what the fuck? Um, like in my mind, I'm going, don't say the N word. Don't say the N word. Don't say the N word. Yeah. Cause I have this, what's that? I said you have to do that. That is like the kids in the hall thing where the guy's like, don't put salt in your eye. Don't put salt in your eye. Yeah. It's like an OCD thing. It's like an OCD thing. Like, I would never say the N-word ever in my life. I really, I've never, like, um, I can't say I've never said it. I would never say it. But um, for some reason, every time I say N as in no, in in my mind, I'm always like, don't say the N-word. Don't say the N-word. Don't say the N-word. I get it. I'm making fun of you, but I, I'm making fun of you because I get it yeah. and because it reminds me of that skit. And I love that fucking skit because that, that shit happens to me. <laughs> um, so, okay. What's yours? We, oh, that's it. It's just you. Th- I thought you were going to say like you actually said it. No, I mean, of course not. I don't really have one. I, um, uh, Maureen, it's the I last time. Home. Come on. I, what? This is the last time. You can't. I don't care. Well, I've been literally, I've literally not seen basically anyone in last week except two days of work. Um, did, but, did you, did, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, no, that's it. I've been home because of the snow. I literally have just been sitting here. Oh, did you get off of work because of the snow? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was, oh yeah, it was fun. Um, Good for you. Um, I did not. I had to walk to work in the snow, actually, but I really enjoyed it. That's fucking horrible. No, I actually really liked it because, you know, I live by the art museum and it's it was actually really pretty out. That's and, nice. Well, it's good yeah. you could walk, I guess, as yeah. long as, but I feel like you have a lot of walking. Um. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I think yesterday, I guess I walked like, I guess it's like two miles to where I was going. Um. So it was like, four miles which is not that big of a deal and i guess well did you work monday 
No, I don't work Mondays. No. Oh, well, that's good because that, that's the day that I was like, oh, that's horrible because that was the day that I was that fucking nasty sleep all oh, day. Oh, yeah. I, like anybody who had to be outside, I felt horrible for I did. And then on Tuesday, it just kept snowing, so they were like, you were closed. But that's a better day. That was a nice day to walk in the snow. Um, yeah, Tuesday was a nice day. But no, on Monday, though, I had a dentist appointment. And um, I canceled it and they seemed like they were pissed at me for canceling. But if you, I'm not killing myself to go to the fucking dentist during a snowstorm. Like, no, not that. Like I could have gone because that the storm was really weird. Like that storm we had was like really slow moving. And yeah, like, it was really weird. And the time that I was going to the dentist, it actually wasn't that bad. But I yeah. really didn't want to get stuck, you know? Yeah, that's why I wouldn't have, I, I know. Um, and they were like kind yeah, of pissed off at me. They were like, um, but they were probably pissed that they had to go in to work. That's yeah. I was gonna say um, uh, we didn't go in. And we're you know, I mean, we're a doggy doctor's office, but we're still a doctor's office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the person was probably pissed off with me because they had to. Go, they were in work, and like, who would like? I'm sure I wasn't the only person who canceled that day. So that person had to go into work. Just to have a bunch of people call and cancel. like cause... Right, and they probably like weren't allowed to cancel the appointments, and here we are. That fucking sucks. Yeah. Um, capitalism, man. So, well, you know. exactly. That's the thing. They couldn't afford to lose the revenue, so they would rather have people cancel. Do they charge a fee when you cancel? No. Oh, well, that's, I mean... That's good I was going to be pissed if they were going to do that. That's fucked up. Yeah, I just feel like, I feel like on a day like that, like, everybody just stay the fuck home. Like, why are we doing this? Like, yeah. that's why it's like, because like, just, I mean, that's the thing with like the pandemic happening. It really made me be like, well, if I'm uncomfortable driving instead of like all of the other times with work where I have like been like, oh, I got to get there. Like, fuck that. Like, yeah. you know how many accidents I've almost been in trying to get to work in a fucking snowstorm? Like, fuck off. Like, yeah. if I feel really uncomfortable driving listen i have not called out in three and a half motherfucking years and like if i feel uncomfortable driving i feel like i should not feel pressure and like afraid like having a situation where i'm literally afraid for my bodily safety Mm -hmm. like that is not okay and like why are we letting this be how it is and like what sucks is like i'm gonna have to continue fucking doing it until it's fixed like Mm -hmm. it just sucks yeah um so yeah, like, well, today I rode my bike today because, like, the roads are pretty much clear. The only thing is, like, and it was actually pretty stressful because, like, some, you know, some side roads, like, you know, streets you go down and they're completely not plowed. And then also there's still not a lot of room on the on the road. So, like, cars, like, are really annoyed yeah. by you and they're, like, riding your ass and you're, like, but you can't go really fast because... Yeah, that's horrible. Like, if you do, like, you could, like, hit an ice patch or something. So, you have to go really slow and cars... It's really... You have to just be, like, really aggressive and be, like, you know, just you can't let cars, like, intimidate you and yeah. just let people be pissed off at you. But I, I I do believe, like, I did it because, you know, you do have to, like, bicyclists need to get right back out there so that you can't let cars be comfortable without bikes on the street for one day even. You can't. They, you have to always remind them that they're sharing the road with bicyclists, so. Yeah. Um, and so many people need to get around that way in the city, and it's fucking better. 
Yeah, it's better to get around. Um, I mean, I mean, Philly too. It's like a flat city. It's so easy. Yeah, um, you would. You would. It just it sucks that the infrastructure is just not. Yeah, I mean, the infrastructure was built for horses. Yeah. You know, I mean, this, yeah. this, not, this not, city. Like, it's not like, oh, we just don't have bike lanes. It's like cars can't get down the fucking streets. Yeah. I mean, it was made you for horses. Have people parking on the goddamn fucking pavement. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So what's your racist confession? Oh, I, like I said, I really don't, I haven't really had much contact with anyone. Um, I've been watching, rewatching 30 Rock. So there's a lot of uncomfortable racist jokes with Tracy Jordan. I feel there's been a couple of times where I've been like, eh, didn't age well, but I can't even think of one to be honest with you. I feel like my brain is like turned that, off. Well, yeah. I mean, that's also like scapegoating because that's somebody else's racism, not yours. That's just something you noticed. <laughs> Yeah, but it still makes me feel things. So that's that's what my racism is. Um, any whatever the discomfort is. POC. I'm like, oh, was that racist or not? Like, was that okay, racist or or like fucked up, racist? Joke. Any, any like, POCs come into your office? I mean, yeah, not as not as many as white people, but like, yeah, we do. Okay, you seem to be really proud about how many white people come in. Well, no, because I've explained this to you before that I work in on the main line. So unfortunately, there is a disproportionate amount of very rich white people um, everywhere, including in the Philadelphia area. So therefore, like, frankly, most of the most like I'm not even fucking kidding. Most of the people that come in that are people of color are stiff. And it's fucked up. So if you see a person of color, do you assume that they're there to, like, um, clean or something? No, no, no. I'm talking about, like, people's, like, long-term staff that they take care of their pets and their kids in their homes and stuff. And oh, you mean they have they have caretakers them. drop we off their... Know. They have caretakers drop off their pets at the vet for All them? All the fucking time. All oh the my fucking God. time. There's caretakers constantly dropping off pets. And, like, actually probably most of the caretakers are also white, like, but... And, like, there's absolutely people of color that come in and, like, because we're not, like, exclusively the main line, like, Uberbrook and stuff is right there. But, like, me personally, for my personal budget, I would never go to where I work for vet service. It is one of – it's just it's, – it's a different standard of care. And so, you know, it's a little bit more expensive than some of the other practices in the area. What's the standard um, of care? Like they, they take pictures um, of your dog and post it on social meaning media? Like, me, no, meaning like um, one of, a, a, a very large example if between like, for example, when I worked at a low cost clinic versus where I work now um, is volume. So like you, when I worked at like a clinic, like a shelter clinic, um, you could be doing on spada, you could be doing 60 space or to 80 space and neuters in one day with like a team of, I don't know, like you might have like eight techs and like three or four doctors or something on a day like that, whatever. Um, but like in our practice there, you're going to come in with your pet and you're going to have one to two other procedures. You know, if your pet's getting spayed or neutered, um, with like, you're going to have like you're going to have like the doctor who's a surgeon and then you're going to have like you in any given time, generally one to two other doctors present in the building plus like four to six technicians. Um, so it's a very like, first of all, extremely different volume. Anyway, it's expensive, more expensive to come to us than it is 
there's like other options in the area. So mm-hmm. I feel like for my socioeconomic status, like that's not where I would choose to go. It's like people who have money that they can spend on their pets oftentimes. At least those are the people that like we see as like repeat customers that like we develop relationships with. Um, so obviously like they're the ones that I see and get FaceTime with. Right. So, um, yeah, a lot of, I mean, like there's, there's people that are staff that are black and white, but like often there's staff people for the actual owners who will drop off their pets for anything, like including surgeries where like, you really need to have the owner, you know, signing off on that paperwork Mm -hmm. saying, you know, like if something happens, like it's a release because like, you know like something can always happen under general anesthesia and it's very serious like you're putting your pet under general anesthesia but people do have like you know their nannies or people have pet nannies um they have them just handle all that shit for them there yeah i mean there's people that just like have a staff and don't do anything for themselves you don't even see them don't know what they look like Hmm. okay um all right so i guess you're just gonna have to dig deeper and I felt like that was a decent one. All right, I guess Sorry. I guess so. Well, um, I felt like that was pretty thorough. Well, uh, that reminds me, like when I like what you're talking about with care. Like I remember one time with Zion, my cat Zion, who would get like he would get blockages all the time um, because he was always getting bladder infections, and it was yes. be- before he got his like his like urethra urethra whatever uh widened basically he got like a sex change and um so he could like pass his like kidney stones or whatever um and whatever this was before and he would get blockages all the time and basically when that happens to your cat it's really scary like they start to they start to pant they can't pee like and they get really lethargic. Like, you know that something's really wrong with your cat when this happens. So you pretty you much... can't wait. Like, you can't even wait, like, a day. Oh, yeah. You can't wait a day. You have to take them, like, to somewhere, like, really quick. And so I... Um, but it's also really expensive because... Yeah. It's, a, it's not... It's an expensive... It's not, like, an insanely expensive procedure. But, like, going in for an emergency is expensive. Exactly. And, and like, yep. so this time I was like really, really broke and I was really good at like knowing when it was about to happen, like he was getting a blockage. So I was able to like somehow get an appointment, but like, um, it was really quick. Like it was like within a day I got an appointment and it was a really cheap place. It was somewhere. It was, I remember, I think it was when you and I lived together and it was somewhere in New Jersey. Like, I think I was going somewhere in Trenton or something and whatever. Um, I, it wasn't that far away though, but I was going that way. You know what I'm talking about? 95 towards New Jersey. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I do now. Cause think, yeah, I had to think about where we live together. Yes. Um, and so I, whatever rushed and got to this place and it was like, it smelled in there and like there was like a ton of there was a lot of people in the waiting room and it was like dogs and cats like all just together which I guess I'm spoiled because I go to the cat doctor now so it's like just cats but like um then the there's only one veterinarian there and 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 the door's like wide open and he's just like working on pets with the door wide open Yeah. And then, you know, and then he's like not even like washing his hands in between or anything like that. 
and he'll be like, a pet comes out, and he'll be like, come on, you next, and it was this Indian guy, and he's like, what's kind of like that, yeah. Yeah, and he was like, well, okay, what's wrong with your cat? And I was like, and I, at least I knew everything I was wrong. I was like, he has a blockage. He needs to be like, whatever. And then he like, he's like, okay, great. And then he holds Zion down and he looks up at me. He goes, hold him down. Hold him down with me. That's and awesome. I, and I had no idea what was about to happen. And then this he looked, amazing. and then he looked at me. He goes, you don't mind hearing your cat scream, do you? <gasps> And you then he and then he stuck a catheter up his pee hole, and Zion goes, "Wow!" <laughs> screaming. He didn't, didn't sedate him. No, he, that man's a motherfucking champion. Do you understand? That's amazing. <laughs> do you know how hard it is to catheterize a cat? Dude. You held your cat down while a yes. vet catheterized your cat. Beth, yes, you. I wish I could give you a prize. So that's amazing. It was. I didn't realize you. Oh, my God. See, I guess, too, what? when that happened, cause I don't think I lived with you when it happened. It was probably after I moved. Yeah, okay. But now I definitely had never never been there when a cat has gotten a catheter place before. And, like, you, we don't ever, I ever, ever even think about doing it without sedation. But, like, that's the thing. It's, like, what where that man worked, It was he was like, all right, this cat's going to die. Yeah. Like, and there, he's not going to an emergency room. Like, that's not how you think, you know? It's like yeah. this or euthanasia or horrible, painful death. Yeah. And, like, that man's amazing. I love him. I want to buy him a Coke. Yeah, it was really funny. And then, like, and plus, like, he's, like, hold him down. Like, and it was, like, I was, like, what the hell is going on? Because I, you other times that Zion had blockages, like the vet, they come in. They're like, "We got him," and they take him in the other room. Yes. And oh yeah, no, you, I would never think. Like, oh my god, I, I didn't amazing. know what happened, and and so and then also it was really funny. So he took the catheter in, and then like pee starts like yeah. spraying, and it was like spraying yeah. everywhere. It was spraying on me, and like <laughs> I was like, "Where's the pants a catheter and a cat? That man is the man." Um, but also, it was, I was kind of like, so this is what the cheap vet experience is. It like, is. But see, like, for me, like, I don't, I guess, because, like, I work in that, like, it's like, when it's a day like that, like, you're in the zone. And, like, he was just, like, in the zone. He's like, what are you doing? Just hold him down. Like, because he was just like, we're going to fix this. Yeah. And, like, that's the, the, what I'm telling you is, like, most of us would not be able to do what he did right in front of you. Like, that's amazing. Um, he saved your cat. Yeah. Oh, he totally, I mean, he totally did. But. Oh, and the other thing was like too. Your the people in the the waiting room were like really shady, like shady people too. Like um, this was I told you this before too, but for the pod, I'll I'll let everyone know. Like I'm in the waiting room. I drew a comic about this too, and this lady is there with a cat, and she's like this old older cat lady, like, and um, she's like, well, like you are now. Um, shut up. Um, <laughs> but she was like. Um, complimenting Zion like oh he and she's so beautiful like to Zion and I was like oh it's a boy actually and she was like oh I'm so sorry and I was like you know I was like it's okay like he's very pretty um and then I was asking her about her cat and like and it was like this little calico and I was like oh she's cute and she goes yeah I found her under a car I brought her in to get her checked out and then she whispers to me she goes I think she was <laughs> and i was like what the fuck get me out of this fucking waiting room like are you kidding me like i didn't know oh she yeah, was like someone explained to her that all cat sex is rape every <laughs> single one every single little baby kitten you saw is a I product know. of fucking rape not just rape but rape with barbs sticking out of the penis yeah. holding her down like so 
She probably was, ma'am. I think she was crazy. Yeah, I definitely think she was crazy. Um, and I was just a terrifying waiting room. It was also like dark in there too. Like it was really weird. It was like, um, amazing. Uh, yeah, I wish I could remember it, but it was like, it was desperate times. Like it was just this like random place I found. Um, well, that's fucking great. And that person, that, that veterinarian is great. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. I mean, I think all the vets do that, though, because other times when Zion had blockages, I don't remember them ever sedating him. They would just take him in the other room. Maybe they did sedate him, and I didn't know, but I would take him home, like, right after, and he didn't seem like he was on drugs or anything, so. Well, there's different ways to do it, but also, I mean, it's certainly possible that, uh, you know, a lot of places don't, and I just work in a place that most The rich place, yeah. I, I mean, you know, like, I feel like there's probably a lot of liberties that are taken, assuming that people can afford certain things. Yes. Because, you know, it, usually if they have financial concerns, like, they will tell us up front. Um, yeah. You know, like, they'll start asking about prices, and then, like, you know to, like, watch the prices. But, like, with people that just, like, some some people just don't care. And, like, if their pet needs something, like, they just want it to happen, you know? Yeah. But it's like in a human hospital, like, when people are like, those hospital bills, like, when you look at them and what your insurance pays for, like, I mean, when you go to a private practice vet or, I mean, emergency even more so, like, you're getting charged for everything. Like, you're getting charged for the IV line that they use. Like, if your pet needs fluids, you're getting mm-hmm. charged for, like, you know every single time they get an injectable medication it's it can be a lot um so i think it's great if like they can do it without sedation or anything that's ideal and you're there to hold the cat down for them oh like me person me as a tech no the customer Oh, as long as the customer, well, that's what makes it so, like, that's what, like, makes it, like, so hardcore to me. Like, I'm just, like, that's amazing. Like, just say the person, like, hold your cat down. Like, I'm just going to do it. Boom. Boop. Right in. Dude, I can't even, I, I can't even, like, get a cat's, like, penis to come out. It's hard. Um, like, I don't want to get a catheter in there. And, and Zion was fluffy back there. Like, yes, I, it would be hard. I mean. I don't know how he even saw it. Experience. Yeah. Yeah, that's just experience, I think. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> so uh, I guess we should I get. Just as an aside, I bet the vets that I work with could absolutely do it without sedation. I just feel like most of the time when they come in, cats are like screaming and freaking out, and like they've been licking back there, so you just like can't do it. Yeah, you probably got your cat there quick too. Um. Yeah. I mean. I guess, yeah, I mean, it would be, like, as soon as you started showing symptoms. Yeah, I, and I right. got really used to seeing it. Um, so what did, okay, like, what did your cat do specifically, like, the early signs? What did you say? Um, well, it would be, like, meowing after using the litter box mm-hmm. or, yeah. or frequently going to the litter box. Like, you would just mm-hmm. notice he was going a lot. And then, um, you know, he uh would just be I don't know I really did have a weird connection with Zion I just knew yeah when he wasn't yeah, he feeling was right what's that he was your baby oh yeah I just knew when when it would when he wasn't 100% himself and then yeah. the more obvious signs would be like he was just lethargic so you would notice that he was lethargic and um and then literally he would start when it was really bad it would be like he would be panting 
and he he would be like really lethargic and panting which is like not normal at all and um yeah oh baby but yeah yeah and it was like when I got him it was like I guess he was fine it was like when he turned like six I, I think it was from when he was like five like when he turned five it started to happen and it was like every year it happened at least once a year until he was like seven and then I got him the surgery that like widened his urethra and then we never had a problem again with so, that. So Beth, you got him you got him transfixed. Yes, you? I did get him transfixed. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I feel like that just totally got redeemed. And it must have been, well, it must have been, and it must have been some kind of 40-game slip, which is unconscious, which I feel like leads into our topic of dreams and the unconscious mind. Um, But, uh, yeah, let's let's start talking about our topic. So, and I picked out dreams, too, because I was like, um, our past two podcasts, well, the philosophy one was, like, really bad, like, because we sounded like such idiots, and... Um, and then the Terrence McKenna one was good, but we totally did say stupid stuff during that episode. So then I was like, all right, we need a podcast that, you know, we can talk about comfortably and not sound like complete idiots. And so because right, it doesn't have to be facts. Yeah, it doesn't have to be no, facts. Have to right. um, yeah. I didn't think philosophy had to be facts. But then when we were like sitting out talking about it, I was like, I can't really talk about philosophy. I can barely understand reading it. Um, same that's why I was like nervous when you suggested it. I was like okay um you know it was fine but it was like you know kind of boring boring and we sounded stupid but um uh, well dreams though we we can do um and basically I also wanted to do a dream topic because I was surprised we hadn't done one um yeah that is surprising and I've been keeping a dream journal again Yeah, tell me more. Um, Well, I'm not going to, like, I mean, I guess once we start talking more about dreams, I could talk about specific dreams, but I'm just going to talk about the dream journal, like, experience. Um, Yeah. But I, when I was going through a really rough time in my 20s, I started keeping a dream journal because um, I was going to, like, I, I guess I was in a Jungian type of therapy um, because I did not want to go on medication for depression. I wanted to do like, um, cognitive therapy. Um, and so part of a, a cognitive therapy practice is to keep a dream journal. Um, and you like analyze your dreams and get like really into that. And it kind of, it helps you deal with like anxiety and stuff like that. Um, and so I was keeping a dream, I kept, used to keep a dream journal then. And it was really, it really helped me. Like it's, I don't know what to say, how, I don't know how keeping a dream journal helps you with depression and anxiety and stuff, but it really does. So I highly recommend it. What's that? I just need to keep one. Yeah, I I just, I think what it is, so it made more sense to me because I'm also like reading um, Mind Beyond Death now, um, which Mm -hmm. is a book that you have as well by um, the God's the dogs Chen Pan Lop and I forget their last name. I think it's Dog Chen Pan Lop Rinpoche. Yeah. But I no, that's it. That. No, you're right. That's it. 
Um, and uh, and you're right. The the dogs Chen is the like form of practice or whatever practitioner yeah. name. Um, any case, so I was watching. I was I'm reading this book and then I'm I didn't finish it. I wanted to finish a chapter on um, dreams. Um, it's long. Yeah, um, but it's on like dream practice in in like yoga illusory illusory. Um, body yoga, like practices and like ways to um, get into lucid dreaming, which I'm totally not there yet. But one of the things that um, made a lot of sense to me, because a part of meditation, which calms you down, there's like a certain type of meditation um, where you actually concentrate on feelings and thoughts that you have and like yeah. try to hold them and, and like instead of like reacting to them, you like, um, you hold them in front of you and visualize them in front of you and try to like dissect them and understand them for what they are not be taking, having it like move, affect you in a way where you're like going to the next thought, the next thought, the next thought, you know, so that you like fully feel the feeling for pretty much. You like welcome them in. Yeah. In a sense, yeah. Yeah, and That's and awesome. so that kind but of it's like more specific. You're like you're not just like I'm welcoming my feelings. Like you are choosing to direct your mind toward that yeah, feeling or, and think about it and like exactly say where it's coming from. Like and stuff like that is helpful for me because like you know with anxiety because it'll be like it'll be like something geared into that goes towards anger or something geared that goes towards like something about like your jealousy or something like that like or envy um like all those kind of negative feelings and it's ways to like deal with those feelings but my and I was thinking like dreams are really like that essentially um but it's like your subconscious like forcing you to like confront like emotions or whatever like that you deal with in your conscious life that you're you don't like or that you don't deal with in your conscious life it like forces you to like um, recognize those emotions and feelings and uh this is all happening while you're you're asleep and it's like just trying it's just your brain trying to like heal itself and you know get past certain things so that you know you have a better um waking whatever so and anyway i connected those to like that form of meditation to like what keeping a dream journal is really helpful towards because you're like working on, you're working on these emotions and feelings but it's not so much that you're reacting to it in your subconscious mind it's like it is the same thing it's like holding the emotion and the feeling in front of you you're not really reacting to it it's like because you're in a dream right. Um, and so I think that's why keeping a dream journal, um, is really helpful, but also it's another, it's a great way to just wake up in the morning because, uh, a lot of times I just go straight to my phone when I wake up and, yeah. and that's like really negative. And also I think like being on your phone before you go to bed is really negative as well. And, yeah. um, so waking up and just writing in a dream journal is like, a really just a great way to get up in the morning and once you start I mean for me anyway I've started keeping the journal um because I've been you know really depressed lately and I want to you know feel better in that sense and whatever work work on some things and I've been keeping one and since I've started keeping it like I think it's been like 
two or three weeks now. And I've, I've had a dream. I've remembered my dream every single night. Um, that's awful. That's, I don't yeah. remember them right now. Uh, yeah, I remember even naps. Like if I take a nap, I'll remember a dream yeah. from a nap. So um, I really am excited to get into the lucid dreaming um, part of um, the meditation practice. Uh, where I'm at right now um, is so do, envisioning the illusory, illusory body which is um, understanding, so what you call reality, like our waking, is, uh, is a dream, okay? Like nothing, nothing is real yeah. while we're awake. Uh, yep, and, the primary illusion of this bardo. Yes. In natural bardo. Yeah, and um, dreaming is part of the bardos as well. And the, but dreaming is called, like dreaming would be like the dream dream. It's the double illusion. The double illusion. I just illusion. was reading the beginning of the chapter. I read it yeah. like part of the chapter this morning because I knew we were going to talk about it. Yeah. Which, yeah. So it's the illusion, which is this. And then the dream is the double illusion. And it all takes place like this whole dance, like of all of this experience takes place on like the beautiful, like just the brilliant, spacious, pure mind mm -hmm. of consciousness that is you. Yeah, and it's like when, and then when you start to bring your dreams into your reality, like into your day or not reality, whatever, when you take the dream dream and you're bringing it more into the dream and you're connecting those more and more, that's when you can um, achieve like, like really understanding like your consciousness and how, how like, um, yeah, like you said, ever expanding universe, like and being whole and present in that mindset. Um, and, and like the other thing too about the, the dreams that I like, that is fascinating to me is like the connection between, you know, there's also like the bardo of death. So like there's this bardo that's mm -hmm. like what we call reality. There's like your dreams. And then the, another bardo is death. Yeah. And that's like a whole nother like state of mind. And like doing these dream practices is supposed to, assist you in the bardo after the bardo's after death yes and also they even say like the the um, moment where you fall asleep to like they also talk about trying to practice being aware while you're falling asleep too yeah. um so that's something i'm not very good at yet i mean that's really hard to be good at but like anyway you're you practice being conscious be while you're going to sleep because the moment before you go to sleep and you like reach, you know, go into a deep sleep state um, is like where you're completely blank. And they say yeah. that that's the moment that is most like death, that moment where you're just completely blank right before you enter the dream state. Because um, you're just like pure minds. Yeah, which I find, like, really interesting and actually, like, the most realistic, um, I mean, I guess that's the word, wrong word to use, very Western of me, but, like, it's just the, the, the it makes the most sense to me as to, like, what, yeah. what death will be like. And really, doing me the... Me too, Beth. Yes. Me too. It's, like, so intuitive. Like, you read this shit mm -hmm. and you're like, I buy this. Yeah, I'm not, like, I, as skeptical feeling, like, when in like Christian faith, like talking about death where it's like, you know, you die and you go to heaven. Like it just doesn't, 
Um, I don't really feel connected to that as much as I do like this explanation. And um, the other thing that's really interesting about it, um, because if you're aware and awake like that, you just feel more ready and aware of death and not so much, it's not foreign for, to you or it's not something to be afraid of. Um, right, which in our society we've been very, and in our the religion that we grew up in, very brought up to be terrified of death and never see it, and you know never think about it, and mm -hmm. but just think about it all the time and be terrified of it because like you're you might go to hell, like <laughs> yeah, and um, in any case, yeah. So I mean, <clears throat> there's even other things that they tell you that is very much like, I think, being in the Bardos of Death, which is like, uh, there's another thing called sound awareness. And you like practice sound awareness while you're awake. But like, um, the idea is that, like, if you think about it while you're asleep, you are not aware of any of the sounds going on really around you, but you are. Like, you, your ears don't stop hearing the sounds going yeah. on around you, but you go into a deep sleep and you're able to ignore them. And so to think about sound in that way, that it's an illusion and to practice that in your like, um, you know, awake state, um, is a meditative thing to like, um, focus on. And I find, I find that really interesting. Like thinking of sound as illusory. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying illusory, right? I think you are. I think you are. Thank you. Um, and I agree with you. And two, yeah. I mean, sound and vibration is like some believe the key to everything. I, I am too fascinated with the sound. Um, and then there's like the body awareness. Like there's like one practice that you um, look in the mirror and you like you try to imagine like that you don't exist, that like everything in front of you isn't real. Like that's, I forgot about that one. And it's, yeah. When I read about it, it like freaks me the fuck out of the idea of doing it. Well, yeah. Like, look at yourself in the mirror basically until you're like, not, you know, like real anymore to yourself. Like you, it's like when you say a word over and over and it yeah. doesn't have meaning anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess ego death is like essential to, um, uh, entering the bardos of dying because obviously you're letting go of your body. Like your body's just like, um, the cell that holds you. But, um, we uh, obviously while in our waking life, we are so attached to it, you know, in a way. And we believe that it is us, but it's right, not and that, like even the idea of like, when you die, like you physically like go somewhere, like, is it even like that? Like, mm -hmm. It's weird. Um, but yeah, so, and then other dream stuff, like, too, like, um, that I've been interested in is obviously Carl Jung, like, dream analogies. And you can really, like, for instance, like, um, like, Jung believed, like, so every aspect of the dream is, um, your dream is, like, you, you know, you have different characters or places, people, things in your dream. But you really, it's all an extension of your consciousness. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, you had a dream about your brother, but it, like, it's not really your brother. It's what you project onto the idea of what your brother is. Like, and right. the idea of archetypes and the anima and the animus. And also you can find your shadow figure. This is like things like if you keep a dream journal, you start to understand reoccurring 
um, archetypes and are able to identify them and categorize them yeah. to your own consciousness. Um, like, uh, I, I don't know who my shadow figure is, but I would like, I'm very interested in that aspect of the Jungian dream analysis. Um, would be yeah, because the shadow figure is like, like everything, like, like really bad about yourself, like totally evil about yourself. And, um, and, and it, it all, be, though. like you have to work through it in order to like really get to like your next level right exactly and if you don't confront that you're just going to do the same things over and over again right exactly it's like your addiction i mean you i for me like i could easily personify the shadow side as like my addiction although i feel that it definitely encompasses way more than that like that's just like a basic fundamental like it's just like a base one basic like way that my shadow manifests in my life is addiction to everything like i'm not talking about just drugs and alcohol i fucking everything like yeah. i just get addicted to everything and like it really um is if you're not aware of it at all like you just continue to get more and more and more into those things and you don't like your higher mind like goes away like you can't think anymore it's just like unconscious shadow bullshit that you're doing acting this shit out like this weird negative shit and you'll do it forever unless you would confront it um i so i just want to say i'm going to be eating sorry you're not sorry i i because well gus just made me dinner what are you having um fake blts with uh oh, tomato soup. i love blts um yeah but i can eat and podcast at the same time Great. I'm sorry. I couldn't have him. I guess he couldn't wait to eat. So I don't. I, I really don't care. Um, wait. Is it? What is the bacon made of? Is it like sea 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 tin? What kind of bacon is it? Tempeh. Um, sure. Maybe. He doesn't know. Oh, but it's just fake meat. Yeah, we um, actually, I'm having the leftovers of the casserole that I made with fake ground beef. Mm. Turned out good. But I I used beef stock, though, in cooking it to make it taste meatier. Like, it's not vegetarian. I guess you could call it plant-based. Hmm. That's one thing I did want to, like, talk about with Buddhism, though, and the bardos of dying and everything and how... So I don't know about all the bardos. I'm like just reading this book and just learning about this stuff. Um, but do you like? Do you believe in reincarnation, though? I do now. Yeah, like it took me a really, really long time, and you no, know, like all this other shit was like outside to me, and like I was mainly interested in Buddhism as far as like, um, like I felt like it was like like a metaphor. You know, and this was like a, a like I was like I guess like what the word I want is like reductionist, a super reductionist way of thinking. When I started like, you know, for most of my life until like maybe in my thirties, I started to really kind of like open it up to be like I'm not just gonna shut that shit down every time something's like well maybe like there's reincarnation like I was just like that's stupid like mm-hmm. just the things I can see you know mm-hmm. and um. 
I don't know. The more that I learned about meditation and the more that I learned about like altered states of consciousness and the more that I learned about the bardos and the more that I learned about the mind and the more that I learned about Buddhism and Hinduism and the, the reasons that these people believe these things is because of shit they saw in these like crazy like meditative states and i'm talking about people that like lived on mountains for their whole lives alone Mm -hmm. and and like saw these things you know like you can get into you can get into essentially like a dream state you can get into an altered state of consciousness there's people who talk about kundalini energy and like what can happen with like that type of enlightenment which sounds pretty much like when people talk about like like hallucinogens in a sense or just dreams it's like you can get into these altered states people do and like when they direct their like energy like they see things and like so this all this like information is like supposedly brought back by these like great monks and like of course like initially when i would like hear this stuff i'd be like cool that's like so nice they believe that Uh and but really my very reductionist way of thinking has like broken down a lot over the past few years and like now I feel like why not and like does it even fucking matter like why why would I just close myself off to that mm-hmm. why do I have to do that it makes me feel like like I'm not going to be proved wrong you know but no I actually now I do I think it makes sense and for the way that I currently like view think that I view the world and reality um it actually makes more sense because to me like we're all there's like the one big consciousness and like we're all like these like parts of that for whatever reason and we're experiencing this experience of being of separateness you know so that we can experience the other and like have all these interactions and and no one really knows why um in buddhism they say that only a buddha can understand the workings of karma like nobody knows why shit shit happens but anyway like now in my mind it's like well like your consciousness like does survive and like no you don't remember you don't remember your past lives because like you don't remember any of that shit some people say they do i don't fucking know you know what i mean but i do think that like consciousness has to go somewhere and like your consciousness probably has been other places it'll be other places you won't remember this and it's not going to matter other than in ways that like your unconscious mind like makes you act out your karma unless you fucking address that which Buddhists would say, like, through meditation, like, you're going to end up going into these, like, lower and lower rebirths where, but, like, if you can think about it, like, metaphorically, too, for what I was, like, describing earlier about, like, addiction. Like, so if you, like, do these negative actions over and over again, it's going to predispose you to doing more negative actions when you're talking about a bad habit, right? So, like, you could look at these, like, lifetimes as, like, habit after habit after habit. Like, you're just, like, going to this thing. Whereas, like, if you spend a lot of time meditating, like, you're like you can think of it as like they'll say burning through that karma like healing like this karma like healing just the shit that you've been doing like the whole time and just raising literally raising your awareness to another level in your mind where you can see what the fuck you're doing and just be aware and like that's like the ideal thing and then you can either bring yourself to enlightenment or like a better rebirth which that was a really long rant for just saying that yeah, no. I do now believe in reincarnation, but I felt like I had to explain why it makes sense to me. Well, I guess for me, I mean, it's I'm still it's still hard for me to accept because my, my what because it's my own ego, like right. Um, yeah, can't be wrong later, right? Like, that, you know, what if I'm wrong? Who gives a fuck? No, it's not that so much as like, and this is one of the practices is to like they they're like your memories are just memories. They're just that. Right. Yeah. Um, 
But to me, like my memories are so much more than that. They're they're me. They're my life. Like I, yeah. I attach emotions yeah. and feelings to them. And then I think when I die, I don't want to let go of those memories. And that's kind of like part of it. Like and also when people people who I love who have died, I don't want them to forget me. I don't I don't want them yeah, that's it. I don't right. it's all ego. Yeah. It's all ego. No, yeah, it is. It's I know it's all ego, but that's what that I'm like. It's bad. It's it's like that's why we're here though, is to like get those things and then learn to let go of them for some reason. I don't fucking know why that, but that seems to be the case. It yeah, and that seems, seems so that seems so nihilistic to me. But at the same time, um I That's your ego though. Yeah. But at the same time too, like I think well, what about a child who dies, you know? I know, so, that's a rough one. Yeah, well, because, well, no, I mean, that's when I'm kind of like, reincarnation makes a lot of sense, because, like, what, that child's supposed to exist, like, say there is an afterlife or whatever, so that child's supposed to exist as a child for the rest of their, like, existence? Like, that doesn't seem yeah. right. They should be able to, like, come back. Or And then the other thing I think about people who, loved ones of mine who have passed on, should they then like they exist as that pinnacle of time that they existed for the rest of eternity? That doesn't seem who wants that. That's like because that this is the important thing though, and like this is like what because I think the same way, but like we're all consciousness, you were never separate from them, and you're never gonna be separate from them, and they're you. Like, that's like ultimately like the thing is like. When you're like getting into this stuff, there's like always this like uplifting, you know, thing, it, because that's like really what it is. And like the point of the ego death and like working on the ego is to like realize that like you're not separate and we're like under this illusion of separateness and like this experience and whatever. And like what they're telling us is that like we're not. And that also what we think in our minds is like not how it is. Like think about how you experience time. Like you experience time through your memories and like your brain every moment decides that like this timeline happened and you're here and now. And like, do you have any real proof of that? I mean, like, yeah, you can be like, I'll move that candle an hour ago. But like, really, do you have any fucking proof that this is not a dream just like your dreams at night? Mm -hmm. No, you're right. And, like, when you leave to go to bed at night, like, you're not, like, I'm leaving my loved ones, like, because you already do, obviously, like, you have that, like, I'm going to be back in the morning, but, like, you don't know that, you know, it's, it's Well, my just... loved ones are in my dreams with me. Well, then they'll be in the bars with you, too. I mean, yeah, no, that's, that's exactly, it's exactly like what you were saying, like, we are all one consciousness sort of idea. The separateness is an illusion. Yeah. Which I can't, like, go, like, is, that concept to me is, like, whoa, like, it's just, like, a reminder, like, things are beautiful, but, like, no, in my mind, in my, like, reductionist mind that I can talk about all that other shit, like, no, I don't really have anything for, you know what I mean? Like, we're just all one, like, yeah, it's fucking beautiful, like, it's something that's not in my realm of understanding right now, but, like, that's what I'm told, and it's beautiful. And, you know, whatever, um, I do want to share, like, I don't know if it's because you told me this or I was reading about it after my brother passed away about how the person who passes away can is in the Bardos essentially for 49 days and they can hear you. Yeah. 
you know, um, and yeah. feel your presence and, or you could, whatever they're there, you could communicate with them. And after the 49 days, I actually did feel a weird kind of disconnection that I didn't feel previous to the 49 days. Like I did feel like my brother's intense presence was not there after the 49 days. And I don't know if that's just like what that is, but, um, in my mind, the first thing that my mind goes to is obviously there's something psychological about that time frame that the Buddhists picked up on over the years, and that's why that sh- they chose that. You know, like that's again my reductionist mindset, first place it goes. Um, but then, you know, why, like why does it have to be like that? You know what I mean? Why can't we trust our feelings and our intuitions and mm-hmm. like be true to that instead of like our first thing being like that can't be true? How does that hurt us, you know? Um, so what was the last dream you had that you remember? I have not been remembering my dreams lately, but I did, I did have an experience recently where I had the only thing I remember, and I'll remember like strong feelings from my dreams. I have, I I really like want to try dream journaling because like, I don't remember my dreams and I generally wake up, like I do yoga every day. And then when I wake up in the morning, it's like. I'm not going to get into it, but I, like, I'm stiffer than other people because of, like, some trauma and stuff, and, like, so I, it manifests in my body, and, like, when I wake up, I'm completely fully stiff again. It's, like, I didn't do all that work the day before and let go. It's, like, everything that, like, all the anxiety, all the shit that's, you know, underneath is, like, coming up, and it's, like, stuck, and I'm, like, holding it down physically. Like, that's what it feels like in the morning lately, but anyway, um, I did remember... It is also February. Oh, a couple nights apart about fish. And they were, like, really specific. It was, like, a blue background, orange fish with white stripes. And the first one, I feel like there was, like, five or six. Just remember the image. The second one, it was, like, I was at work, and there was, like, a painting or a piece of art or something with, like, again, like, the fish on them. So I was, like, that's really – and I noticed it. And then I realized in the next day or two, like, our TV, like, has, like, just, like, a random slideshow of pictures – and one of them is a picture of two fi- the two fish on the background. You know what I mean? But it's like, yeah. so why did my subconscious, like, choose to pick that out? Because it's, like, obviously an image that I had previously seen and didn't register consciously. Mm-hmm. But, like, why does it keep coming up? And then, again, register consciously. Like, why is that the one thing, you know? Um, I don't have any more for that. I was, like, curious your thoughts on that. Well, so, wait, it's... The fish, they're blue fish? No, it's just two orange and white fish on a blue background is the image that I saw on the TV after I had the dreams. But what Mm -hmm. I'm saying to you is, like, I don't think I had precognitive dreams. I think that that image was previously on the slideshow, and I had already seen it because I've seen all the pictures on the slideshow. Um, And then, but my dreams were like, this is the thing we're going to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. And it was, well, and it was... um, while you're at work, you saw it? Like, no, 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 no. It's at, at home. Yeah. The images are a slideshow that no. when you're not watching TV, it's I like understand a that. No, I understand yeah. that. In your dream, though, were you at work when you saw them? In the second one. So the first one, no context. I just remember the fish being there, and I feel like there was five or six of them. And I like that was like all I remembered was the colors, the image, and the number, which I remembered because I have like a Jungian book that says like numbers are really important. 
What was um, the and number? then the second one, I feel like it was two fish. And that one, in that dream, I was definitely at work. And it was like art on the wall. Where the first dream, it was just like a, the fish. Like it wasn't, where this one was much more contextual. I feel like there was only two fish in the second dream. And it was like a, an art piece of art on the wall. And I was at work. Well, you and it was five in the first? Five? In the first one, it was like five to six. And I don't know why, but it's five to six. It's not five, it's not six. It's five or six. Oh, okay. Um, either or both I don't know but like it's not it's not neither of those are like cut out well it says to dream about the number five is the need for change I mean look at our lives right now yeah it's it signifies better things are coming in your life oh that's um, positive but then to dream about the number six is a sign of negativity perhaps you having bad thoughts about a person or situation maybe you are experiencing something at present that is not uh, that is not pleasant. It's possible you are behaving badly right now and you're aware of your consequences of your actions. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, like, I'm, I feel like I'm not, um, I feel like I need to be, like, journaling and stuff. Um, I, like, I feel like, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot because of the situation that all of us are in. I think both of those things are true, you know? Like, there's a lot of things like that. And there's, like, a lot of things that need to change. And I feel like we're all just, like, stuck with this. Um, but what about the fish? Why is it fish? Why is it the fish? I'm trying to... I'm looking up fish now. And, like, orange and blue. Like, are the are blue... Oh, Just shit, Marine, it's saying here that it foretells pregnancy. Um, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> fish are often represented as a symbol of personal development, growth, and fertility. Oh, well, that's lovely. Um, I think that's positive. But also, like, your fish, it's like a picture of fish. Yeah. Um... Yeah. And, like, actually, in the first one, like, I keep getting an image of, like, the fish even, like, being up on something as if they were in a picture, but then, like, falling down like a cartoon. Like, if they, if it was, like, a cartoon, they were, like, in the picture, and then they were, like, oh, and then they became real fish and, like, fell down and swam away. Oh, like, okay. it was, like, So they were fish out of water? Well, no, they were, like, fish, I guess, in the first one, too, sort of, like, in a picture, but then they were, like, alive, and they swam away, but they, like, fell down, like, like they were in a, like, it was very cartoonish. Um, well, I mean, honestly, like, for me, that I, I sometimes, like, I like to, like, I do like to check dream journals out for, like, symbols and stuff like that, um, and, I mean, I guess the colors don't really mean anything, considering you're sure you captured the color from seeing it during the day but that's another thing you could look up the colors um i think well that's like the thing too is like there's definitely also like i get a lot of strong feelings in my dreams like more than anything i'll rem like remember the feeling and like i feel like even like those colors were like very deep and like comforting and like nurturing but like deep more than anything else um, well, yeah, it says oranges, uh, or no, the color orange. Um, freshness, purity, satisfaction. 
good health and vibrant, situa vibrant situations in life. And then blue is like calming, harmony, harmony um, peace and tranquility. That's what that color means. So oh, that's, that's nice. So like what this you nice analysis. What you were projecting was what like it it is. And I think um oh crap, my but my uh, my computer's gonna die. I gotta go upstairs. No. Um but I think though so like I was saying, like I like to what I do is like if I don't do this every morning because I don't have time, but like uh, I like to like look up real quick about things like the basic symbols of them and then kind of piece it together that way to get like a dream interpretation together. But yeah. really the one thing I learned was you really are supposed to make your own definitions. Right. That makes sense. You're, you're really supposed to think like it's you're like, you don't need anyone to interpret your dream. I mean, it's, it's yours. Yeah. I, I mean, um, yeah, but what about like collective unconscious shit? Like there is definitely like archetypes that exist in all of us if you're going to go by what Jung says, right? Well, yes, there are archetypes, but at the same time, it's still your projection of it. Yeah, it's not like going to physically look like a certain thing or whatever. Yeah, and I would say the collective unconscious things are, are, are generally the dreams that what they're talking about, dreams that everyone has, like going to school naked. Yeah, um, teeth falling out. Yeah, like falling down in a dream is something everyone experiences. Like, um, <clears throat> you know, like that's what they're talking. When it gets to the archetypes, like they're your archetypes. That, right. That, like I have one because um, I was actually reading my dream journals from in my 20s this weekend. And um, I would have like reoccurring dreams of Lindsay Lohan. Um, and, and it was really weird because like, I don't, um, particularly like Lindsay Lohan or like watch Wait, her. I feel like you made jokes about her though. Like we all did. Oh, I mean, yeah, she was definitely like in the zeitgeist, like, because at that time, like they were like in the tabloids a lot like that, like definitely like, but so yeah, again, what am I projecting to it? It's like this form of celebrity, like this shallowness or whatever. But also I was like really interested in the fact that she was a redhead. Like why was I like having this reoccurring dream of like a redhead? And then <clears throat> I actually had a dream like last night. Um, and also I've been dreaming differently. So like I've noticed in my dream journal that I've consistently been doing is I have um, uh, short, I have like short bursts of dreams, like a narrative that's like, three or four different acts, um, different situations. And my dream just like, and I, and you just kind of go all over it. And I think it's probably like, if I'm feeling more chaotic when I'm going to sleep or something or whatever, I guess my dream would be more chaotic. And then I would have dreams that are like one long, consistent narrative. That's like a really hefty dream that like, I remember from start to finish. And it's like, um, and it really is, it's cohesive. It makes sense. Um, yeah. but, uh, last night, for instance, though, I did have another, I had like four or five dreams. I couldn't even remember them all, but like, um, again, there was a redhead in it and I've been like, okay, I really, I wanted to pay attention to that because I was like, I was just like wondering like why I was having these redhead dreams. And now I, there was like a redhead in my dream again. Um, but yeah. I think the redhead has something to do with um, 
like feeling inferior or like impotence. Um, okay. <clears throat> I definitely think that's what I'm projecting. It's some like, and I think like that's like the archetype to me. Now I'm sure there's a bunch of redheads like listening to this right now that are like really offended um, that my unconscious is projecting this on this like insecure part of my own personality. But I really think that's what um, th that this individual means like in my dream. Um, okay. And oh, I also had a dream about penises last night, which was really funny. Yeah. Yeah, I had so the redhead in my dream was this dude and he had a micro penis. It was disgusting. It was like Oh. It was well, makes more sense to what your analysis was anyway, the rest of the dream. Oh yeah. I mean he had this like really it was like crazy and I like felt like bad for him. I was like, Oh my god, could you imagine having like a micro penis? Like what the hell? And um then I went up to go to the bathroom and I had a penis and it was um uh not I mean it was like kind of big but it was like skinny and Ew. and I've had I've well I guess you don't really remember your dreams so um I don't I guess you wouldn't have know I this in my life I just don't right now well okay have you ever had a dream where you had a penis not that I remember but I I mean it seems like a thing that you must dream about Oh yeah, no, it's it's not. I'm. I wouldn't be talking about it on a podcast if it was abnormal. But it's something a lot of women have have had dreams about, or like the same with men, like having a dream where you're a different sex. Um, and uh, yeah, so I had this like little like skinny dick, but it was still like way bigger than that other dude's dick. And it was funny because I had to pee. And this always happens to me when I have a dream where I have a penis is I have to pee. And I and it's like so weird. I'm like holding this like hose and I'm trying to pee in the toilet and, and pee's just getting everywhere. And it's like disgusting. And I like, like hate it. Um, yeah. And I was like, even before I was peeing, I was like, oh, yeah, I have a penis. So I have to pee standing up now. And yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, but also I was like the way I looked too as a, a man. I had like um, shoulder length, like dark brown hair, brown eyes, and like tan skin, and I was like skinny. I looked like I was maybe Indian, um, mm -hmm. and yeah, and I had a medium sized skinny dick. Um, Interesting. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, and then yeah, you know. Also, though, sometimes like I'll have a really bad dream that I really that will affect my entire day which I kind of hate um I get that yeah I mean that's something that happens to me and I won't even remember why um yeah no I'll have I had like I won't talk about on the podcast but I've had disturbing dreams but um yeah and um I've had dreams that teach me kind of like lessons I think or helps me to bring to an understanding of something that I'm um grappling over in my conscious life like definitely I've had dreams that like totally paint a picture like that is just so clear to me that I wouldn't be able to do conscious like if I were conscious it's like really weird um so that's one of the reasons I really like documenting the dreams because it gives me like clarity of mind and and some things um and you know um I guess I have my dream journal here. I could flip to a random one because I mean, I guess the best thing to do for a podcast like is to talk yeah, about your dream. Do it. All right. Hold on, I gotta turn on the light. 
All right, all right, I'm closing my eyes. I'm picking a random dream. Hopefully it's not one of like the weird ones I was like talking about that were horrible. Okay. <clears throat> okay, ready? Here's my dream. Yeah. This is a work dream. Cleaning for college dudes who tan all day. <laughs> the place isn't that messy, just lots of junk and crumbs. I'm trying to get in and out fast. I think no one is home, and then this black woman comes out and says hi. She's friends with and stays at their place when they are out of town. She says I shouldn't worry about their cleanings when they're out of town because she's there. I say I never know anyway, so it's no big deal. She talks about how all they, all they do is lie around and tan all day. She says she makes them bring towels because their sweat just builds up all over the place one of them is there sleeping in a chair in the living room it's an open floor plan living room kitchen dining area with a balcony off the living room dining area side the young man passed out on the chair has crumbs all over his chest he's not wearing a shirt like he was tanning i vacuum the crumbs off his chest while the woman is talking about their tanning obsession she says she doesn't know how they don't turn into blobs or their posture gets deformed. The guy I'm vacuuming crumbs off of ha does have a chest that sticks out weird. That's the dream. That was my dream. That's so detailed and random. And it's like, yeah, it's just so, it's just so weird. Like, So this was a night I, was, I had several different dreams. So this says earlier dream. <clears throat> There's a giant prehistoric bird at the end of a cul-de-sac. It is delineated from black people. I am a black teenager. I'm a black teenage boy and learning about my ancestry. The bird is huge black, as big as a skyscraper. I'm fascinated, proud. Then it picks up a present day bird of prey and is smacking it against the roof of a house to eat it. I am upset to see this and disgusted. I run over to the roof of the house to do something and it flies away. I'm on the roof and the owners come out, an elderly white couple. I hide. I don't want to get in trouble, but there's nowhere to go, so I jump down. They're on their front porch, so I jump in front of them. I don't like them and am testy with them when they start questioning me. Then my dad comes up their walk. My dad is Mel Gibson, not famous in the dream. <laughs> he, says, he says sorry about my son and is complimenting their house. They have a long wraparound Victorian porch. Without insulting them, he says it looks like it needs to be repainted. He knows all the ins and outs. The old man notices his keen observation and apparent knowledge of house painting and says maybe he should give him the job. So that was that dream. Interesting. So specific and like... Um, yeah, the narrative, like... How, yeah and how do you like i so i am writing these down but like i like that i didn't interpret that i don't know where you even go to that with that yeah um i'm sure maybe there's um maybe i'm trying to deal with my inner racism probably has something to do with it I'm i mean black teenage boy and also like i really yeah. like the historic the prehistoric bird like this large prehistoric bird which is like the ancestry of of black people like what yeah um yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> Racist confessions. Um, yeah. Let me see. There's an, I'm looking for a short one. 
So, you know what? Now I'm realizing this now, too, because and so because I, I haven't read through this. I've been dreaming, dreaming. I have a reoccurring dream about a vase. Which is for like, oh, you know, for holding, like your vagina for holding flowers. Yeah, it could be. Oh, that's a good point. Actually, it probably is because the other dream I had because there's this dream with the vase. Um, oh, my God. Oh, wait. I thought it said something else. <laughs> Oh my God, this is so bad. All right, I'll just say it. So, um, okay, ready? A vase yeah. I, I made is on display. My friend Jake writes on the vase something of the effect that my feelings or opinion doesn't matter because I'm white. So, oh it, my God, I'm more <laughs> racist. Yeah, I know. I mean, uh, well, you do like do a lot of reading and like you were doing a lot of protesting. I, yeah, I was not recently though. Um, I mean, maybe maybe I'm like preparing myself. My um, subconscious is preparing myself for Black History Month. Um, That's probably so, what it is. You're good like that. Yeah. So in agreement, I paint over all the text. Black Lives Matter. Later, Jake replaces the vase with a new vase with a written sort of apology on the vase, explaining his action further. The text is in purple. I then write in black paint again over and over Black Lives Matter over the text. The paint is thick and grainy as I'm mixing it with the brush. So that's it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, yeah, you definitely put a lot of your energy into those protests. And obviously, you know, you had some thoughts about it in your subconscious or your unconscious mind. <clears throat> the other one was a vase in a toilet um, that I was picking out Ooh, of the toilet. You're um, gross. Yeah, it was gross. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, well, I, you know, after hearing that dream, no, I don't necessarily, I don't really think it's your vagina. I think it probably maybe is more of, that, like, I'm seeing it as more of, like, a creative. Yeah, it does um, seem, seem like, like a, a like, so not, an like artist a thing. Container or where, a container where creative, creation comes from, like, I don't know. Well, it's also, more to do with your creativity and, and your expression. I do want to say this, like the last time I kept a dream journal was for my art practice, too, because I was like doing paintings for my dream, you know, like the surrealist that I was going through my trying yeah. the surrealist phase out. And um, then, though, like and now a lot of my dreams have to do with art and like wh what I'm trying to figure out about the kind of art that I'm making or whatever. Like it's totally like my mind still like, like dissecting things like a lot, it's almost like that what's that? Like it's directed toward that now. No, it's, it, it's not like now it always is like, um, yeah. like at least once or twice a week. I, one of my dreams is about art in some way. Um, yeah. I just recently did an art piece that was literally from a dream and it made perfect sense to me because it was, um, I was, I was out front of this parking lot and I sculpted this running man, like this miniature man running out of, out of, um, plaster, like really quick in the middle of the road. And it was like, perfect. It was beautiful. I did it quickly and efficiently. And it was like, looked exactly the way I wanted it. And then the whole point was it to be a spectacle because I was in the middle of the street and it was like blocking a parking garage. Right. Um, and so there was like vital and alive and like, this really great art piece. So then I was in an art fair later that day and I tried to remake the piece inside the art fair 
and it sucked. Like the vitality of it was completely gone. And it was really disappointing and, and not fun um, to dream and be like, you suck as an artist. But when I woke up, I was like thinking about it, it made perfect sense to me. It's that because what I'm dealing with in my own art practice is like, I'm really not interested in art galleries and like museums and being an artist in that way anymore. Like it's just to me, the vitality of the art object like is lost in in an institutional space. And like, that's totally what it was about because I made the piece in public and it was like exactly what I wanted. I took it into an art fair and it like all of it, the vitality of it just went away. Oh. Um, so a vase and a dream to dream of a vase represents something in your life that you can only admire behavior or choices you make for the sake of being noticed a positive light by others. Okay. That makes sense for doing a black lives matter vase. Yeah. Um, positively, it may reflect achievements you feel good about. It. A negatively, a vase may reflect vanity or the risk of resting on your laurels, insecurity or jealous, jealousy about yourself having no important function, a role based on image only. This makes a lot of sense to what that dream was. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, also it says maybe I'm going through menopause. It says women who are going through menopause often dream of a vase. This may reflect their empty feelings about femininity as they become aware of themselves losing their reproductive ability. Awareness of themselves being noticed physically as a woman while barren inside. Whoa, that is sick. <laughs> Wait, that made me though realize um, the thing about like the emptiness and was your yeah. dream ultimately like about, because you know how like we talk about um the black lives matter slogan being like sort of taken by like democrats as you know what i mean as like a slogan and it becomes empty and like there's all these other thoughts that like people are like but this 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 absolutely black lives matter like that's it just like kind of takes out all like the other meaning Um, oh my god that makes so much sense make it meaningless that's why I was painting it on the empty vase because I feel like it's a shallow, meaningless yeah. phrase. Oh my god! Yeah, and like he, someone was like writing all this stuff, and like you're like, no, black lives matter. Like that's it. Yeah, that's all we're doing. Like I could make that into an art piece, and like that's it. Like, yeah. Conceptually, you it's could. like perfect. See, this you is could write like in, in purple, like a bunch of like relevant, you know what the movement is like actually about and then on top be like black lives matter um yeah i should totally make that um then so yeah but also i think the idea of because i mean i am i mean i'm not going through menopause but i am coming to like the end of my reproductive ability i'm like gonna be 40 in august you know yeah and um but so the second I think the second one with Dream with the Vase makes sense for that because it was in a toilet. And I've heard the toilet is very common. It's a, the toilet is like re- relative to your sexuality. Um, Ew. Yeah, I, I know it is because, well, it's like, um, it's, it's coming, it's coming to terms with like parts of your sexuality that like um, you feel are dirty or unclean or something like that. I but, mean, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, but anytime you have a toilet dream, it has to do with sex. It does. That's Plus, your sexual organs are your toilet organs. Like, yeah, totally. Um, so for me, that makes a lot of sense of having mm-hmm. a vase in the toilet. And also the vase that was in a toilet was a vase I got for myself for my first apartment when I was like 18. 
So, oh, so that's like your girl. Oh my yeah. God. How Crazy. insane is this? Oh my God. You should keep a dream journal, Maureen. We could be doing this for you. I know. Well, I, that's, I'm telling, like, it's like deeper than that because like, I seriously have a problem with journaling in general and, um, I have a problem with like the morning, like just getting like my shit together in the morning. So it's like really, it's just challenging for me on other levels. Well, I feel that way about if I can break through those things and start journaling that in itself is going to be like the big step. And then I'll actually like be able to work on a lot more shit. Yeah, I can't now I want to really get into lucid dreaming. I really am interested in that, which is the later part of this dream chapter. Um, yeah. And a part of like understanding, like meditating on the fact of the illusory body, the illusory self is like the gateway into being able to lucid dream. Like because if you become more aware of your waking life as a dream, it's easier while you're in the dream to realize that you're dreaming. Like, yeah. Um, one of the practices is just to like, during like when you're like awake, you're walking or something, you like keep being like, this is just a dream. This is yeah. just an illusion. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that'd be cool. Um, mm-hmm. anything else about dreams? I think we should do, let's do closing dream thoughts, statements. Um, yeah, I I have to go, but, um, I don't, it's again, like, it's just such a huge topic. Mm. There's so much to it. I mean, for me personally, it's something that I know would be incredibly rewarding, especially at this time. Cause I've had in the past year, a lot of things come up in quick succession that at times get really overwhelming. So I know that I need to address what's going on in my unconscious mind, but I seem to have some sort of like block. So I, my goal for this year is to start a dream journal. That's fucking lot. I hate making goals. Now I feel anxious, but anyway, yeah, I think that's a good goal. Yeah, no, that's a good goal. I mean, what is your normal waking up routine? Like, honestly, like, most of the time when I wake up, it's either, like, a day that I'm off where I'm, like, I don't want to get out of bed, and I'm really bad at, like, getting out of bed right away, and then, um, yeah, I just, like, can't think right in the morning, and then on my work days, I get up, and, like, you know, I just, I'm, like, all right, got, I, like, force myself the fuck out of bed and make myself stand up, and then, like, I'm barely awake, like, making coffee, like, it's just, like, all, the, like, brushing teeth, making coffee, like, it's, like, always like a desperate situation when I wake up and like I have actually done great again in the past year like I've been getting up like an hour before I have to leave where I'm one of those people for my whole life I wake up 15 minutes before I have to be at the door and just it would just be like a panic so I feel like I'm like just trying to get over like that that habit of like waking up and being in a panic all the time because like it doesn't have to be like that yeah no I like naturally get up like early uh, now I don't know what happened but but oh, like yeah. the but the dream journaling too like you're not getting out of bed right away you're in bed like I get anxious like that's the thing I'm like I gotta get out of bed like I'm gonna be late for work like it doesn't matter how early I get up yeah but um, yeah anyway so like yeah I think that probably would help my morning to go a little nicer it's just like making that transition for me is gonna be hard. yeah I'm mostly like too like not wanting like when I first wake up I'm not like even thinking about the the day really I'm still like you know I'm waking up I'm like just being okay with that and like you know getting my surroundings and like I'm not thinking like um 
well, I guess I'm thinking about my work day and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. The dream journaling really helps to not be like that, I think, too. Yeah. Um, I get it, though. I guess like one of my closing statements, well, I did want to specify what the anima and animus is because we said that really quickly from um, Carl Jung is like the anima is the um, female archetype um, within our consciousness and the um, animus is our male archetype. Like for instance, I was talking about how uh, I dreamt about having a penis. Well, like, and also my other dream, I was a black teenage boy. Like, so we, when we're in our dreams, we're not always ourselves. And those are our male parts of our personality. Like everyone has a male part of their personality and people have a female part of their personality. And I'm sure people have a non-binary part of their personality, but um, no one's got a name for that yet. But in any case, mm -hmm. um, um, I also was thinking too, like, when we were talking about reincarnation, because I've been having these vivid dreams of um, being other people in my dreams a lot, like that's something, it is kind of weird that- I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Like when you are yeah. like, you physically, you're just seeing yourself as another person. I mean, talk about kind of like a little ego death, like when you're literally yeah. another person in your dream. Um, and I remember seeing myself like in the mirror of the bathroom. Like, and that's why I'm able to tell you like exactly what I look yeah, like. Yeah. yeah, And it's like, there's a little deep, like I, I used to have a lot of dreams. There was like a time where I was having a lot of dreams of doing like long beginning to end. Like you said, with the narrative dreams of like grocery shopping and that's literal, like the most boring mundane shit. And like, <laughs> that would be the dream and it would be very detailed and I would be choosing cereal. Like I, it like is super vivid. Yeah. Monday. It's like, why would I, you know what I mean? It's like, you expect your dreams to be like crazy. Like there's a reason I'm dreaming about this. Nope. Like fucking choosing cereal. Well, no, I'm As sure there's just a something to that. No, I'm sure there's a lot more to it though. Like the, what cereal you picked out and all that kind of stuff. Right. You know? Yeah. Or just the mundaneness of it. And the fact that that itself was annoying to me, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, no, I mean, and it is funny, like, just talking to you tonight about the little dreams that I had. It is funny because I'm keeping the dream journal, but like it is tough to like also have the document, the dream and then to analyze it. There's not that much time, you know, um, sometimes yeah. like the concept of it, I grasp like really quickly, but like if I didn't talk to you like now, I wouldn't have gotten all those great, like, you know, um, uh, illuminations to like what these dreams clearly were about and it's so crazy when now and th like and these dream journals these dream dictionaries are predominantly from like Jungian um uh psychology and yeah. um like there is a way that like for instance like you're saying the collective unconscious like when we were talking about a vase there is like a general understanding of all like we are all one consciousness the way that we understand what a vase me means pulls from us like that object what it pulls from us right and then you get into fucking language and how we create our reality with language and like what's the relationship of language to like the shit that's going on in your dreams where like your unconscious isn't like about language have you ever had um different language in your dreams not that I can remember. I have. Like, I've heard of that, yeah. you know? Yeah, I've had, like, French speaking in my dreams before. Um, you speaking French or other people? Other people speaking French. Um, 
you know, I can't really remember the dream, for, but I remember that. Um, and I'm sure there was other times, but now that I'm documenting my dreams. If another one comes up, like I'll let you know, but yeah, I have heard other languages in my dream and, um, that's, you know, I mean, maybe I was watching a French movie or something. Well, yeah. I mean, you definitely are, your ears used to like hearing other languages, mm -hmm. you know, and again, like uh, human beings for forever are used to hearing other languages unless like, you know, they were isolated from the rest of the world. Mostly with like, dreams. I think like that's really exciting about them and that I think people should pay attention to them is that these entire worlds are playing out in your dreams and there's such an interesting like window into like who you are and what shapes your day to day, like your waking life and to like, and it's also sleeping is how you spend half your life. I mean, that's half your life are, right. are these yeah, images. I mean, yes. And like, we just, I do, I'm like, Oh, I just don't remember it. Whatever. Like it is, it's super important. And it's probably incredibly important just for like your own psyche to be able to, uh, I know that there's like a word for this. Um, not probably not individuate, but like to become one whole thing rather than like a bunch of fractured pieces. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't really think of anything else to say about dreams. Um, yeah. Um, that's um I'm going to eat my dinner. I'm going to eat my leftovers. I make, I make we'll a lot of art from dreams. It. I make a lot of art from dreams. That's what we'll say. I think that's, I mean, yeah. Like where else, uh, like I, you know, you could get into all that shit too, where it's like you have your unconscious mind literally giving you something and then you manifesting it into this world. Mm -hmm. Like that, if you, you know, that could be a whole topic of itself. Yeah. All right. Well, I love you, Maureen. I love you. I great podcast, Beth. Good. This is a good topic. And, um, it's, Yeah. Definitely a thing that I, I feel like I want to explore more. I also want to congratulate us for not talking about the GameStop stock market. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Which that, is that was Diamond Hands. It's awesome. What's that? I think it's great. I think Diamond Hands. Diamond. I don't know what that is. It's saying like hold, hold the stock. Oh, okay. So these motherfuckers lose their shorts, so they can't. We're not going to start talking about it. I have been following it and trying to learn somewhat about it. And ultimately, like, it's not just people who are, like, trying to make a quick buck, although that's part of it. Like, that's what you do in the stock market. But really, it's – I do. I want to see these guys, like, stick together and make their fucking point and make these people sell their shares at an astronomically high rate of a company that they bet against. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also they are, have been doing market manipulation. And also like, if you're paying attention to what's going on on the wall street bets board on Reddit and what the media is saying, it's two different motherfucking things. And I have never seen it so blatant on something that I just happen to be paying attention to anyway. And then seeing news stories about oh, it and have it yeah. be blatant fucking lies and purposely causing confusion. Um, it's, it's like disheartening. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, if they practiced um, object awareness every day, empty awareness every day, they'd know that the stock market is fake already. So nothing. It is real. an illusion for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, um, enjoy the rest of your week, Maureen. That's very, like, um, 
you know, I feel like that's a good way to sign off being that we started with. How are you? So what talking about GameStop or I love you? No, saying enjoy the rest of your week. Like, so enjoy the rest of your week. I love you. Yeah. Okay. Bye. 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 Wait, did I just hang up on her?